You are listening to Been There, Done That. We present some of the smartest people connected to the business of coffee. People who've succeeded in the tough grind of hospitality by staying ahead of the rest. So join us as we explore the secrets to their success and help you accelerate your business. This show is brought to you by The Coffee Commune, where the coffee community comes to collaborate. Enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Phil DeBella here from The Coffee Commune, and we've got another episode of Been There, Done That. And today, I've got the very experienced man in the cafe industry, Ivan Brewer from Pezo. So, Ivan, welcome to the show. Absolutely delighted to be here, Philip. Great to have you, especially somebody with your experience and and I love what you're doing and we're going to let the listeners know a bit more about that when we get into the interview. But to give them a bit of a background, the theme of taking your business from surviving to thriving, profitable cafes, restaurants, bars, use Pezo. Pezo creates an accessible window into the financial performance of your business. So for the listeners, that's what it's all about, financial performance. It allows you to refine and execute your existing profit strategy or discover and build one if you don't have it yet. It helps you truly understand your business by collecting the data from your pause, your accounting, and your scheduling software to give you an idea on how your business is performing. But right at that point of time, not a week later, a month later, three months later. It gives you real-time data, which allows you to give that real-time analysis and build real-time strategy. You've had some great success out there in the marketplace, and we'll talk a bit about that, helping lots of people with their profitability. And as we know, the cafe industry has gone from many, many years ago. And I'm talking, I've been in the industry now for, since I was 14, so 34 years, right? You know, people were making 30 plus percent profit. Of late, they're lucky to make any profit. And of course, Pezo's been helping people get into that profit by helping them understand. And just off the bat, one of my passions that I talk about always is put yourself in a position to collect data analyze that data and build strategy. So the listeners, you can understand why I've chosen Ivan from Pezo to be part of this because we want you cafe and restaurant owners to really understand how important your numbers are, how important it is to collect that data in real time, analyze it and build strategy. And we've got the gentleman, I've got the gentleman sitting right across from me that's going to help you unpack that. So Ivan, let me kick off. You deal with so many cafes out there. The industry's is doing it tough and has done for a while. COVID just accelerated the toughness, but it was tough before COVID too. What's the greatest problems you're seeing out there? Yeah, very good question. And thank you for inviting me in, Philip, an absolute honour. I think the challenge in two ways, I'll sort of start off by saying that our norms have all been obliterated. I think a byproduct of what's happened from COVID is even we've seen the weekly revenue patterns, you know, Wednesdays no longer perform like Wednesdays used to. So that predictability, which we require, we write a Correct. roster, we forecast based on an assumption, that's all gone now. So that, as you were sort of referring to previously in the notes, that that ability to look from a monthly window or even a weekly window, we can't do that yeah, anymore. It's changed. So that dynamism is, I think, that unpredictability is what's so incredibly difficult. And that really comes down to, as you mentioned, not only data, but quality data. And the gap that Peso really focuses on is, I think a lot of BI tools, great, they have their purpose, but they describe the problem in more colour and more detail. Mm. And the question that drives me with Peso and our team is, what can I do with that? Yes. How does that help me make a better decision right now that leads to me being more profitable? So, yeah, I think basically everything, and it's an interesting time at the same time, I think... 
we've been an industry that's been linked to legacy practices for a long time. Things like how we analyse our menu was literally something developed in 1983. It hasn't really been updated. The 30% paradigm of labour and cost of goods, that's been dead for 20 years. So in a lot of ways, we've got this new generation of thought and this new generation of age that are thinking, well, okay, how can we do this differently? So Mm. the challenges can be a good thing because it gives us something to respond to and do things differently. Yeah. So to really summarise that and grab it from it is the two main things there. Something I've been talking about of late a lot is the predictability of customer. Is used to be able to anticipate the need and the flow and the and the transaction. I used to say, and I said this the other day at an event, Friday you knew that it was a busy time, whereas now cafes are having record Tuesdays. So you can't roster that and you can't plan for that with your stock control and all the rest of it, which makes a product like yours even more viable and required. And the other part is that we do have a changing needs of a consumer. It has changed, yet a lot of people are still doing business the same way. So they're the two main things I grab out of that. And cafe owners and restaurant owners should be sitting there listening going, okay, well, is that me? And if it is, we need to make some changes. Tell us a little bit about your journey because you've been in the industry for a long time. Give us a real snapshot of what led you to creating Pozo, but based on your history in hospitality. Absolutely. I think I fell into the industry, as I suppose many of us do, and fell in love with it. And I think the thing that I loved and enjoyed was its complexity. I think I had a very strong sporting background, so was always sort of leading teams in a way that led to success. And I think understanding the chaos of the industry is something I fell in love with very early mm-hmm. on and had been very fortunate to work with leaders. You know, so when I first worked for a cafe in Auckland, That was for one of the New Zealand's grandfathers of coffee, really looking at this guy named Miller. So was trained by the best, but I've also been a sponge. You know, I've just wanted to know absolutely everything I possibly could. Mm. So from cafes where I was really learnt to be a barista in in Trieste, making 2,500 coffees a day, even in Auckland, making 1,500 coffees in six hours, actually then went through five-star, six-star hotels. Yeah. And then from that, the leadership team, we went and opened up a couple of restaurants. But at the same time, I was always be working in the best bar and I'd Mm. be working in, you know, so I wanted to work in every aspect of hospitality possible and fell into a position of leading a a P&L very early. So before the age of, I think, 29, I was $12 million a year business. And the first thing you're trying to figure out is, how the hell do I manage this? Yeah, you know, yeah. So that took me into this data journey of understanding what was happening and how to react to it, which which ultimately led to Peso. Yeah, and they're the best stories. I said to people, you know, when people say, oh, how did you become an amazing coffee company owner? And I said, I started washing dishes, started sweeping floors. I, I started unpacking containers by hand, you know, of green beans, carrying them on your shoulders. It's illegal to do that these <laughs> days. And there's nothing better than that foundation up. So all the stuff you're going to be sharing with us is obviously coming from experience and from being in the trenches, which is one thing I really love. So tell me again, and then we're going to unpack it further. What problem does Peso solve for the cafe owner? I would go so far as to say that the complexity of the industry now is beyond people to actually do. We, we don't have a management paradigm that supports that. So what Peso does, it introduces a new way of making sense of our business. And an example of that is that you know, we've, we've always been very wedded to labour cost percentage. What Peso does is we orientate to a profit. So when you set up your peso, you enter your profit and then work backwards. Mm-hmm. I want to say, well, that is the key assumption here, right? That's the thing we need to protect. Yes. I've always seen for us profits like oxygen. We need to make sure we've got enough at the end of the week so we can mm-hmm. keep breathing. Mm-hmm. And the industry by default hopes that they do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? it, and profit becomes a byproduct rather than actually strategy towards profit. 100%. Right? And you sort of fingers crossed. So really we're all about that's the beginning. And I think 
removing ourselves from the traditional binary nature of hospitality and cafes where we've been very black and white. We've been very, this is good, this is bad. And from my belief and experience is that there's a lot of profit in the grey. You know, even what does good service look like? They're very open to interpretation. And for me, I have no judgment on a business. It's about profitability. Yes. And we all have that favourite cafe and restaurant where the service is crap, product is amazing, and they're very busy. Yeah. Now, they've just made a very clever strategic choice. So how do we assemble all of these elements and refine them in a way that suits your business? And Paso just makes that visible. Yeah, and I keep coming back, and I'm going to keep saying that the listeners are going to probably get sick of it, but I say it's it's data collection and then analysing that data. So Paso helps you collect that data, right? On the analysis, what does it do on the part of the analysis of that paradigm? So the key thing, so if you look for, I have of an opinion that our traditional accounting is not fit for purpose for hospitality. You know, mm. the lag is too long. It's too much looking in the revision mirror. 100%. And PASO is about converting your historical data and what is happening, but putting it into a current and future context yeah. and bridging the gap between data an application, because we all have hundreds of reports that are at our fingertips that nobody uses or understands. And if I was to sit down with your traditional cafe manager and say, right, reduce your labour by 3%, what does that yeah, even mean? How do mean? I do that? Where do I do that? You, you know, so Peso will, for me, the actions and decisions that happen on the floor determine our profitability. Okay. So, yeah. And that's where Peso lives. How do we impact those decisions real time in a way that makes sense to the staff? So let's talk through a live scenario. So, right, I'm a cafe owner. I've got, we're in the middle of service or we've just finished service to say, I've got peso attached, I'm, I'm part of the family, what would I do? So a good example, then we all know that the energy will come off the floor after a busy lunch. Yeah. So we have a lag where we have a drop in revenue, but we don't have that reaction in our labour. Yeah. Peso has live labour and revenue on your phone. Mm. So and the first thing we do is we want to forecast. So we have a, a target revenue and yes. we have a target labour each day, mm-hmm. and then you're contrasted against that. So it's like gamifying what right. we're doing. So it's telling me on my phone right now, 2.30. Every two minutes. So every two minutes, I can go in there, say, 2.30 after lunch service and say, right, I'm running now at 52% labour. I was running at 16% labour in the middle of service, of course. Your average is X, Y, Z. Same. And it's about what do I now do? So the question Peso is going to keep asking you is what do I do with that? I can say, great, my revenue has climbed. Wow, my labour has gone. I need to – we've had a dip in our revenue. I need to now react. Yes. Every venue is different quite quite profoundly. So we're not about telling people what to do but providing cues for action. And it's to me it's like I met with a lovely group this morning when you don't know where the dartboard is, you can't hit your bullseye, right? Yeah, totally. So for the staff, it's a matter of every minute they can look at peso. I now know where I need to be, and then that informs the decisions that help me get there. Yeah, I love it. I love it. One of the things that we've been talking to cafe owners is what we do, which is what the Coffee Commune's all about, is helping people accelerate their potential, is opening hours. No use being open six in the morning till six at night or years ago, like when I first got into the industry and up until about 10, 12 years ago, cafes could serve breakfast, lunch, dinner. 95% of cafes now are only breakfast, lunch because dinner has gone to specialty traders. So you go to a pizza shop for your pizza, you go to a rib house for your ribs, you go to Chinese for your Chinese, which I think is great. 20 years ago, you could get all of that. You had your Togan pizza, pasta on a menu, you had your vegan dishes, you had your nachos. It's changed, Yeah. Six till six doesn't trade anymore either. We're looking at people's books and going, and we've got to do it manually. Six till 11, you're making the most money and then you're burning money from 11 to six. So for the listeners, this is amazing system that will sit on that and go, no, six to 11, is it time to start looking at your trading hours because you're burning money between 12 and six in the afternoon? Tell you, apart from labor, what else can it do? So we work in two levels. So we're on an execution platform. So it's really about driving revenue and cutting labour. And it's not about just the cutting. So Peso will say, in the first instance, it'll tell you to write the right roster in the first place. 
So let's just write, make sure that we actually put some science behind your roster yeah. based on your profitability Proactive. outcome. And then we're about executing that. But if we overspend in our labour or underspend in our roster, under earn in our revenue, we then pay will roll back and say, well, okay, we now need to either take eight hours off by Sunday or we need to find an extra $400. Yeah. So within the week, it's all about, there are key drivers. We're not going to change menu prices. We're not going to do all that. What we do from a, a strategic level is a couple of things. So one, we will pull your entire OPEX GLI so your operating expenses, every single line item through. So we have venues that are factoring in the electricity increase now, and that's factored in as part of their overall paradigm of profit. So we want to be forward-facing to see what is happening. We also have a a very powerful what-if mode. So we can literally plug in, as you referred to earlier, if I trade between this hours, this is the reduction in my revenue, this is the reduction in my labour, what does my profit what does look, it look like? like? We'll actually tell you that. Yeah. And that's where we've had these award increases, we've had super gone mm. up. We've had venues that will plug that into our bottom line, lock that and say, well, I've just lost 2.5% off my profit. Mm. And the question Peso is always going to ask is what do I now do about that? Yeah, I love that. That to me is very powerful. And that's what – because it's prompting – co-founders to do that. And what? so therefore, what problem are you solving? You're actually solving a complacency problem too. I've seen a lot of venues get complacent. Oh, you know, I'm having record week this week. I'm always going to have a record week. Well, no, it doesn't mean that it's going to continue or it doesn't mean that you're actually making profit, even though you might've had record revenue. So I love the fact that Peso forces you to be proactive, but also forces you to constantly reinvent yourself, right? And to be better tomorrow than today, which we should be doing anyway. And that tracking is very difficult now too. So if we're looking at delivery, so that, you know, when we're receiving the so big commissions coming out, when we receive that revenue, it doesn't necessarily line up with your revenue weeks. Mm. So it's starting to get incredibly difficult to track, well, was I profitable next week? Was I busy? We've seen $100,000 a week restaurants that are losing money. Yeah, yeah. So the top line paradigm of grow your top line, it's a panacea, do well. I've seen everything done right. Big top line, great service, great food, great reviews losing money. So we can't be complacent. And the only thing for me, it's not about reviews. It's all about at the end of the day, our measure, we have an explicit measurement of success called profit. Profit. People got to realise and for years people have been shy of that word or they've been nervous about it. You are in business to make profit. Now, as my dad taught me as a young age, you don't want to choke when you eat, but everyone's got to eat. There's a difference between making profit or being greedy. But listeners are really going to understand that you need to be working to make sure that you're making a profit because that profit is then what allows you to, to do, you know, it's a return of your investment, but allows you to do whatever it is that you love doing. And it's such a know, powerful point. Oh, it is. Well, I talk about life is right. measured in moments, right? I yeah. mean, and money's just a resource as your health is, and so is time, which is the other things that Peso obviously does. In terms of health, cut a lot of anxiety and stress. And in terms of time, well, it saves a lot more time than not needing the accountants and the bookkeepers doing that stuff. They're doing other stuff for you instead. Tell me, back to wages. Wages used to say, and I used to laugh at this, that six or eight years ago, I think it was the um, ATO brought out the the figure saying that cafe wages should be somewhere between 18 and 25%. And at the time, I think if you were doing extremely well, you're 28%. The average was 32, 35. What does that look like now from the data you guys are collecting? What's the percentages of wages that people should be looking at naming for? I think part of the challenge of the ATO and ABS is that they bundle together such a broad umbrella of data that it's almost impossible to make sense of that. So that would be heavily skewed to those mega businesses doing huge big numbers. Mm. But we know no one's doing those numbers. You know, mm. like the only way you could do that is you got that owner who's not getting paid at all. Yeah. You try to offset that. And what we do with Peso is that every single business has is, is got its own, it's idiosyncratic, right? It has its own paradigm. So for us, I've had 38% labour businesses making 20% profit. 
Jesus, because they're offsetting that in other ways. Yes. So it's built. So yes, they're doing that, but then they're offsetting it through the production process or the mm-hmm. speed. And I've got the other way around. So I've got I've had forty two percent cost of goods businesses that are making a million dollars a year profit. Mm. So it really is allowing that refinement, and we have all of these decisions that need to make. And and it is that old American sort of prime cost. There is no bad or good sort of food cost and labor. It's all relative, yeah. But with collectively, they need to be within a particular paradigm, and we have much more choice than we believe. Mm. You know, we have now more means of manipulating our business model than we ever have had before. Yeah. You know, yeah. So how do we leverage that to create a business model that then rewards us? And, and something I'd like to add to what you mentioned before, because we are a passion industry that does sort of suffer from that connotation of profit. But something that I really embraced early on that was sort of imparted to me was that as an owner and as a manager, I'm now responsible for making sure that every one of these staff members can pay, you know, drive to work and pay for that car loan, can keep a, a roof over their head yeah. and to keep that food on the table. So that's our responsibility. Yeah, that's what point. profit does. Yes. You know, so it's really important to be profitable because then none of that can happen. Yeah, I agree. And and that's what people would realise and I say it all the time, the more money you make the business, the more money the business can pay you, but the better it can look after you with your conditions and everything else. It's, it goes without saying. And that's why I've always said that there is no good owner out there that wants bad employees or treat their employees badly. And that's why we get a lot of over-governance and overreach, but that's another topic. We will bring on a politician at some stage that's brave enough to talk that with me. But uh, <laughs> you know, today we're talking all about profitability and understanding some real key points that profitability is key. The key to profitability is to know your numbers and know your business. And the key grab there from Ivan right then was, okay, it's okay to have high wages if your cost of goods is lower and everything else is lower. You can't operate at full premium with everything. You can't have high cost of goods, high wages, high utility costs, high rent. You're not even going to tread water you're going to sink pretty quickly. So the key is know your numbers because without knowing your numbers, you're an accident. You're either accidentally going to go broke or you're accidentally going to make profit. And I wouldn't be gambling in that place. So do that. So let's segue into what other tools are out there that people can um, use to help with the profitability of their business. And, and I don't mean in terms of your direct competition or anything like that. I mean in terms of that work alongside of what you do or other things that people should be looking at doing to become profitable. Yeah, absolutely. Good. And I'd sort of say there, there is nothing like PESA, of course. Of course um, not. I think the importance, again, is that quality of data. And I think especially in the cafe industry, we have a very complicated relationship with scheduling software. Yeah, you know, we all yeah. tend to not want to pay for that. But that is it's so fundamentally important. I think that when we leverage technology that really refines our viewpoint on the business, that's an investment, not a cost, because mm. you will make more money on the result of that information. So part of what we want to do with Peso is, is we absorb quality information. So things like we need to use scheduling. So we need to be able to very, very clearly, we can't track labour live if mm. we don't know what that labour spend is. There's some very, very powerful sort of stock systems as well. All of them are kind of a little bit like the car you like to drive or whether you're an Apple or Android user. There is some user preferences and there are particular things that will suit particular people. But getting more granular detail on cost of goods, which we know basically nobody has, you know, Mm. especially we've had this big middle management loss of knowledge in the industry. There's always more things to do than there is time to do it. So we're seeing this huge trend of not entering in our recipe costs into the point of sale, not doing stock takes, and we really need some granular detail around Mm. that. So Mm. anything that helps with providing that is just a really key ingredient, pardon the pun, overall into being successful. Well, there's some great, you know, like even EnviroChill, right, like people losing stock. And we say, well, it's, it's very inexpensive. It's a device that sits in your fridge and alerts you as soon as your fridge temperatures are dropping, you set the parameters, or if they turn off. 
you know, you only have to lose a stock in your fridge once and this thing pays for itself 10 times over. And simple tools like that, and that's part of what we want to do with the Being There, Done That episodes and, and obviously what the Coffee Commune is, is is connecting people to people like yourself, products, services, intel, knowledge, so that they can become better tomorrow than today. Look, without mentioning brands, tell me someone that you would say Peso has given a, a lifeline to or saved them from dire straits. And again, not mentioning brands, talk us through that. And the essence of that question is so that listeners can understand, especially the ones that are doing it really, really tough or think they've got their back against the wall and they're about to go down, then they need to get a hold of you straight away and all the links will be put up on the um, podcast and all the rest of it. But they need to have a look at it because I know that you're passionate about helping people and saving people's businesses as I am. Talk us through a scenario and um, the intricacies of it, what happened. That really does feed into the, the passion I have behind Pace. I mean, I've I'm sure as we all have if we've been in the industry for a while, I've, I've had close friends that have taken their lives because of the condition of their businesses in the past. And a failed business from either community level where, and even personal, people lose homes, people break up marriages, but it means suppliers who are always at the end of the process, right? They're always the one that gets slammed, they don't get paid. As an industry, we generally live on the credit of our suppliers and then ATO doesn't get paid. You know, So it's a massive impact of a mm-hmm. business that actually fails. Often what I would say is that there's a lot of power in small things. And part of, I think, what help Peso helps with is helps a re-engagement in our love. Because I think when we feel overwhelmed and there's no visibility and we know what good service looks like, we know what good food looks like and good coffee, no one does that deliberately. But I think it's a disengagement and overwhelm that requires that. So we've had businesses that have been in that stage. You know, they've sort of just been so frustrated and, and so sort of disappointed with themselves and lost that passion. And, and that visibility of knowing when I do this, this happens and this increases increases, just that small improvement is just this, we find people falling in love with their business again. And it's kind of like looking through a lens and just refining and getting clarity around that image. Our best result from one of our very earliest adopters was an extra $300,000 a year. And this is one venue out of seven, 14 years worth of experience. So they knew what they were doing, but the complexity of the industry now, it just requires systems that help drive those staff. So We know that we've rescued businesses and made very big differences. Only in all of our time, we've only ever had two businesses that didn't increase their profit and they sold. And so Peso actually helped them improve it to a stage to sell and they were just structurally set up based on their capital expenses. They couldn't be successful. And I'm a tragic, right? So, I mean, I'm born to hospitality, love hospitality, and I want nothing more than people to succeed. Yeah. It's so important because it's an industry that touches everyone and it doesn't matter. Every single person embarks in the engagement of hospitality during a week, whether it's a local retailer, which serves you bread or buys milk or they're a retailer, they're in hospitality too. Whether it's a restaurant, a cafe, we're all engaging with it. And I'll tell you what, it's an industry that sometimes gets taken for granted because there's so many moving parts, as you've explained, there's so many moving things behind the scenes that the customer doesn't see in order to get a cup of coffee or in order to get eat at that plate of food. It's touched so many hands and gone along the way and it employs so many people. And I love the part about the suppliers because I'll tell you, we've been on the end of that stick, especially when I had Debella Coffee, 1,200 customers and, and our bad debts were pretty good. We were lucky to, you know, not even 1% would we be. It's probably a lot different today, but it's so sad seeing suppliers get burnt and a lot of times not through the fault of the cafe. It's just they don't know their data. They don't know. And I can't say that enough. You've got to know your numbers. And I've been saying this for 22 years. I've been in business and I make sure my team knows the numbers as well. So if you're listening and you don't know your numbers, now's the time to start. Know your numbers and drive towards profit. Don't be scared of profit. Ivan, one of your quotes that I love, 
and you say to be successful in hospitality means having a very clear picture of how your business is performing every day and knowing what things to change if the performance isn't both expected or consistent with your goals. I love that. To unpack it, success in hospitality is a clear picture of where you're performing every day. And that to me is not being complacent, but I want to get your take on that. And the second part is knowing things change, you've spoken a bit about, and if the performance isn't what you expected and in line with your goals, what are you going to do about it? Because everyone's goals are different. Some people go into business to, as I said, I've been in business 22 years, so I've seen a lot of business owners. Some have gone into business for lifestyle, meaning it's they bought a business for wages, but they want more time with loved ones or they love the industry. Some have gone in purely for profit. Everyone goes into business for a different reason. Talk us through that quote. And about the success in hospitality and performance every day and obviously aligning your expectations with your performance of your business with your goals. I think part of that is we underestimate the complexity of things like designing a menu. When we open a cafe or launch a new menu, we don't really know how that's going to perform. Cost of goods can be a very interesting calculation, but it's just kind of an average. It literally changes every service based on what it is that's being consumed. So we don't really know until it gets out there. So we need to keep on measuring that. And and the big thing for me, and, and going back to that quote, is I need to know exactly where I am now And I need to know very, very clearly where I want to get to. Mm. And that's what it comes down to. And then we need to bridge the gap. And that line isn't straight. (laughs) It's certainly not. It can't be. So, and it's something I talk about often with people when I'm sort of signing them up to pay so, is that if you jump in a car in Melbourne and you're right there now and we're on based up in North Queensland, the only time you look at your map is when you jump into the car, you're not going to get to where I am. So we need to know very clearly. But that won't be a straight line from A to B. So we need to keep on making those adjustments. And hospitality cannot be set and forget. We need to, yes, work on the business, but it is an industry driven by working in the business as well. I agree. And that's a big point. I mean, because, you know, 20 years ago, we saw a big shift of accountants and lawyers saying, I want to invest my cash into a cafe because they thought, oh, it's a cash cow. You know, we used to call it the piano. They think that um, the cash register was a piano. You push a few buttons and it opens up and you take the cash out of it. They didn't realize that that cash has got to pay everyone else first before it pays you. Absolutely. Um, but I love that analogy. It isn't a straight line. Um, it's probably never been a straight line, but even more so now. It, sometimes you've got to go two steps back to go five steps forward. Tell me, none of us have got a crystal ball. I wish we did, right? We'd probably be in the share market, not in the hospitality industry. But what do you think this industry looks like? Let's give it 12 months and then let's go say, a five-year horizon. What's your prediction for the cafe and restaurant industry? My gut feel is that we're going to have a considerable contraction. We went from fourteen to 42,000 cafes and restaurants in a 10-year period, but our top line total revenue only increased by 5%. Yeah. So that was, from a restaurant perspective, that was $300,000 less per restaurant. Yeah. You know, yeah. So incredible, incredible growth. So I think that there's going to be this um, line in the sand. This is like going to a boot camp, right? We're going to have businesses that are going to get very fit, and they are going to boom on the other side of this because only those that do the right things, get fit, know what their numbers are, are going to survive. But on the other side, so we've had, I think, 980 insolvencies over the first quarter of the the last quarter of the financial year. We've had a 150% increase in insolvencies in the last 12 months. So there's going to be a big consolidation. But what that's going to mean is is less businesses for the customers that yeah. we have. Customers are still going to want the demand, still going to still be there. Still going to be there. So there's going to be a big boom on the other side. So there is a reward there. I yeah. think it can be an incredible time. And we're, I'm seeing businesses not only booming, we had one of our operators had a 32% profit week last week. Crazy. But they're also um, multiplying. So we're seeing very big growth. You know, mm. we've had businesses that are looking at six new stores in the next six months. So there is the, a recipe for success and a big opportunity. So like going and playing our footy season, 
season, we do need to do the pre-season first to yeah. get fit for that so we don't have our injuries. Yes. If we can do that, there is a big reward on the other Jeez, side. Jeez, I love that analogy, the boot camp and the pre-season, because that's what we're saying is right now is not a time for super profits, right? You can still make profit, but it's not time for super profit. It is all about supply and demand. And as the demand, the demand's staying there. It's not going anywhere. We talk about it in coffee. But yeah, now the coffee shops have gone from, say, 2.8 coffees a person down to about 2 or 1.8. But that extra coffee has been drunk at home or in the office. Demand's still there. Coffee shops are closing. The supply drops. Your opportunity to capture into that pie is better. What people need to do right now is to get fit. Think of it as boot camp, as Ivan said. Think of it as pre-season training. Now's the time. You look at your numbers, know your numbers, get across your business, try and anticipate the customer's needs in terms of what they're willing to pay for. I can tell you data from the 850 cafes that we supply into at present where the number of coffees have gone down. The number one spend used to be bacon and eggs. It's now ham and cheese croissant. Um, Some people have actually put the ham and cheese croissant up a dollar and they're making less revenue but more profit because the customer's still happy to pay, say, $8.50 for a ham and cheese croissant but not spend a $15. So it's more about what that ticket price is, not what they're getting for it. So know your business, get fit and get ready and survive so that you can boom on the other end of this. I love that. And of course, Pezo is a great way, one of tool that can help you do that. Tell me the business. Pezo, you own it. What's the future for it? What's your wish list for it? Where do you want to take it? What do you want to do with it? Yeah, Topeso from the beginning has been a bit of a passion project for me. So, I mean, I personally, I broke my neck six years ago. So it took me out of working in the industry and working on it. And I'm fundamentally about increasing the profitability of the industry. I think it, as you sort of referred to and we've touched on, it is a very undersupported amount of what we contribute to our society as well as our way of life, as well as our community is very, very underrated. So for me, Peso, now we've, we've just, we're in a very exciting stage. We're doing something that's never been done before. Mm. So that's not easy. Mm-hmm. So our users have been very patient with us as we've learned and changed and keep on evolving. And we've got seven-figure restaurants. We've got food trucks. So we've got a much broader umbrella of businesses than I ever expected, which is great. So we, we can work with anyone. We work with the hotels. You yeah, know, we work yeah. with anyone that has F&B. So what we're doing now is just really exciting time of ironically getting into our data. We're just deploying all of our data lakes. I know it's a very trendy term, but where we see us being in the next six and 12 months is that BI tools are dead. Mm. So where we will be in the next six months is that you will have what we call natural language queries. You'll be able to talk into your phone or into your watch and say, how many coffees did I sell between 3 and 3.30 on a Thursday? Peso will be able to tell you. So we will have this incredible analytics engine. And then we're just really adding in these interests. So Peso is this sense maker. Someone actually coined the term umbrella wear that yeah, Peso sits yeah. in. So if you've got the table side ordering, Peso will know how much that is as a proportion of your overall and be able to correlate that to your labour consumption. Mm-hmm. So when we have an uptake in that self-ordering, does that mean we increase our revenue per labour hour? Do we then offset with that with a lower labour yeah. cost? So just that granularity so that we're able to kind of just polish and shine that, that business. Great? Yeah. So tell me, if people want to obviously know more about Peso, they can jump on the website and they can have a look at the links. But let's talk about the feasibility of it because there'll be some listeners going, shit, I want that product or I need that product. And they should be thinking that. 
Is it a subscription? Is it a once-off purchase? How does it work? It is a subscription model. Okay. That's exactly right. And we're we're a platform that is designed to be used the way that suits your business model. So it, we have a profit paradigm, but it, it's fascinating seeing how people use and consume technology. So it can be used in a number of ways. But we have venues that will split a large venue into two parts. We will have a back-of-house peso and a front-of-house peso. Okay. We have venues that use the live revenue in the kitchen because, of course, when you're in the kitchen, all you see is dockets. You're yeah. not really part of the sales. Mm. So to actually have the kitchen go, wow, let's drive upsells or drive sides or, yes, we mm-hmm. want that extra table at 10 even though we're about to close because yeah. they know so it's just this gamification yeah. process. So for Peso, we are a subscription model. We're working our way through all of the integrations that are available, but we have all of the main ones, which yeah. are the usual suspects. And what we want to do is plug into your accounting, into your scheduling and into your point of sale. Mm. Very, very easy process, all an Australian locally-based team, very high-touch and I think something you touched on earlier, Peso is driven by a very deep familiarity with the problem. So I've stood where any of our listeners are standing. Yeah. I've faced the same pressures. I've asked the same questions. And we're about evolving as well. So yeah. we're always learning about how we can deliver more value to our venues. Love it. So that guys, get on board and have a look at it, even if it's to inquire more about it. You know, the hardest thing that people do is take that first step and you need to take that first step. So know your numbers, make sure that you're um, proud about heading towards profitability or making profit. Be proud of that because it is something that will drive you where your awareness goes, your energy flows is something that I talk about often. And we need everyone's awareness to be around the right area. And of course, get fit. That boot camp really stands out in what we do. Let's finish with this. Ivan, your top three tips that you'd be telling somebody in business right now with cafes and restaurants, what would be three things that you'd say you know, are the must-dos? The first thing is probably a mindset. I think the first thing is to be open, to think that what we've always done, we now need to refresh. There's a bit of a refresh button as we sort of hit our browser. Yeah. So, But also that small steps can bring very, very big impacts. Yes, yes. It's not too late. And usually it's just a matter of polishing a diamond. Yeah. So we're never as far away as we think we are. And we're a very high transaction industry. So lots of sort of that compounding impact of lots and lots of changes can be very, very dynamic. So the most important thing is to understand it's never too late. And it's about acting now and getting into that data. We need to make sure we get that tech stack right. We need to be open to being explicitly honest with ourselves. We're yeah. not always great at that. You know, we, we have businesses that might not have looked at that P&L for the last two or three months. Peso's not going to lie to you, so it can mm. be a bit of a slap in the face for the wet fish, right? Yes, it's going to tell yes. you how it is. But we need to know that because where we stand and then being very clear about where we need to get to, we can succeed. And we see a huge opportunity. We see businesses doing it every day. Yeah. So really embrace that change and that second energy. I know a lot of people are tired, they're exhausted, they've gone through it. It's very, we give so much emotion to our customers, but to back yourself, don't be afraid of being successful and the connotations that come with that and just get it done, get started today. Yeah, some really good tips. Ivan, it's been an absolute pleasure. Congratulations on the success so far. Congratulations on the problem you're solving and the relevance you have to the marketplace, which are the two major things I use to assess businesses. What problem are they solving and what makes them more relevant than anybody else? You tick both of those boxes. I thank you for being on the show. I thank you for being part of the Coffee Commune community. Also, you've been listening to Ivan Brewer from Peso. This has uh, been Phil DeBella interviewing him. Been there, done that. Ivan's certainly been there and done that, and I'm sure I'll have him back on the show and then in future, and we'll hear about more amazing stories and impacts on people's lives. And hopefully you come back with telling us that everyone's proud of making profit. So, Ivan, thank you very much. Well, my pleasure. It's, it's an honour to spend time that's always short with our listeners and to meet yourself and to spend time with you has been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. That's a wrap for today. Keep listening for more episodes of Been There and Done That 
The Coffee Commune is here to help accelerate your potential. We want you to be better tomorrow than today. Until next time, you've been listening to Phil DeBella. I'm the founder and managing director of The Coffee Commune, a place where the coffee community comes to collaborate. <laughs>